Hi, this is Sam Chan, and welcome to the Sam Chan Leadership Podcast. It is my honor to serve you, help you achieve your dreams. Let's do this together. In the first session, if you remember, I talked about the Panama Canal. I talked about you widen it so the bigger ships can go through. Another example I used was a train on tracks that the bigger, faster train could not run on old tracks because if the bigger, faster train ran on old tracks, it would derail. And uh, then we talked about how your size and your speed are controlled by your systems and your structures. Your size and your speed are controlled by your systems and your structures. Everyone together, one more time. Your size and your speed are controlled by your systems and your structure. Out of these five classes, if you can remember that one sentence, it'll serve you the rest of your days. That sentence is the fabric on which I wrote this book, Bigger, Faster Leadership. Every organization is asking only two questions. How can we be become bigger and how can we become faster? Bigger faster leadership. Your size and your speed control your systems and your structure. And then in the second session, we talked about the five questions that you have to ask yourself as you widen the canal. Sustainability. How long would it last? How long do I want it to last? Scalability. Will it grow? How much do I want it to grow? Replicability, what can be replicated, what cannot be duplicated, what do we have to have duplicated, what do we think that we do not want necessarily to be replicated. And those three were strategic. Then we talked about two tactical questions, functionality, who, when, where, how, how much, so on and so forth, the tactical size and who does what by when. And then we concluded it with number Five. The fifth question was, what's your communication strategy? Today, I want to talk to you again about systems and structures. And I'm going to talk to you about the leadership questions or the leadership issues that need systems and structures. So we've talked about how to do it in previous ones and what it is. Now I want to talk to you about areas that I have ascertained that every organization, I don't care if you're corporate, church, business, uh, ministry, sacred, secular, it doesn't matter. Whoever you are, here are the areas in which you need to think about processes, personnel, structure. Number one is a user manual, a user manual, user manual for you. Uh, you, you, you buy uh, a washer, a dryer, a car, a computer, a camera, uh, whatever you buy, it comes with a user manual. I remember one time when a friend of mine gave me a, a very, very fancy writing instrument, uh, a pen, the pen came with a user manual. Can you believe that? So why am I talking about that? Because you, as a leader, didn't come with a user manual. So if you're a leader, I'm assuming 
because we're talking about bigger, faster leadership. So if you're a leader, I'm assuming there are followers who are following you. So do your followers know how to use you best? What is your user manual? How do you like to be communicated with? Do you want like phone calls? Do you prefer text messages? Do you prefer in-person meetings? Do you, do you prefer emails? Which is your preferred? Now, I know every one of them has their places. I know some of you are saying, well, depends. I get that. But you also have a preference. For example, in my life, I'm a leadership consultant. So I travel all over the world. So I tell all my clients the same thing. I'm here to serve you because I'm on a retainer with most of them. I'm here to serve you. But the way I serve you is I don't know and you don't know when I'm going to be in a meeting, what part of the country, what kind of the world I'm going to be in, what time zone I'm going to be in, what will I be doing. So don't try calling me first. Send me a text message. That's how Sam Chand likes to work. Because all of my clients, especially retained clients, have, uh, have my cell number. And so they will send me a cell, a message. But it'll be very, very simple. It'll be something like, hey, need to talk. And the next opportunity I have, I will look at that phone. And there's a message from somebody. And I will text them back and ask them, is this a good time to talk? Or I can talk in an hour's time. Or can we talk tomorrow at 8 o'clock? And, and that is how I like to be communicated with. User manual. One of the things I like done is I've got an amazing office. I have both my daughters work with me in my businesses and they are just totally amazing. In fact, if you were to read the dedication page in this book, Bigger Pastor Leadership, I've dedicated to my two daughters. They're amazing. But they'll both tell you, I'm kind of obsessive about what we call closing the loop. If I give you a task, I know you're going to do the task. That's not the issue. I just want to know that a task is completed so I can take it off my list. Is it making sense to you? A user manual. Uh, how, how you want to be communicated with. Uh, how do you want meetings to be done? Uh, for example, one of the things I do is I hate late. So if the meeting is going to start at 8 o'clock, I assume you're going to be there before 8 o'clock. That's my user manual. I hate late. So I, I don't want people to have to guess why is he upset. I want them to know this is how you get the best usage out of me, a user manual. Let me give you and the next one that I have on my list over here. What you cannot delegate. So as a leader, I'm talking about processes and procedures, systems and structures. You have to not just Think about delegation. My question is totally counterintuitive. And my question is, do you know what are the things you can never delegate? For example, if you are the senior leader, lead pastor, CEO, executive director, you can never delegate your vision. You can never delegate culture creation. You can never delegate your high-end church members or your high-end donors or your high-end clients. You can never delegate the cascading of the communication. So there are certain things that you can never delegate. But do you know what they are? 
Because in that, once you are clear about what you can never delegate, then you don't even try to do that because you've created procedures and processes, systems and structures to carry out functions only you can carry out. Let's talk about what you measure. What you measure. Whatever you measure gets managed. Whatever you get managed, uh, measured grows. Whatever gets measured has meaning. So whatever, if, if you're not measuring something, it must not be that important. You, okay, you go to the doctor, you go to the doctor, and doesn't matter what's going on in your life, the doctor is still going to measure a few things, right? They're going to measure your height. They're going to measure your weight. They're going to measure your blood pressure. They're going to measure your temperature. They may measure uh, with blood work. They are measuring different things. And have you noticed all of them have a number to it? It's not like just high and low. Your blood pressure has numbers attached to it. Your cholesterol has numbers attached to it. So everything that is important gets measured. Question for you. What are you measuring? The second question I have is, what is it that you are not measuring, but if you were to start measuring, would have an effect, an impact, a positive impact on the rest of the organization? What is it that you're not measuring right now? Uh, you go into churches, for example, you go to churches and uh, they, they have the ABC, you know, attendance, building, cash. Well, that's all right to measure. Nothing wrong with measuring that. But one of the things I talk about in Bigger, Faster Leadership is I want to measure your volunteers, not just the number. I want to measure their enthusiasm. I want to measure how your volunteers are recruiting other volunteers. I want to measure how many first-time guests come back a second time. I want to measure how many first, second, third-time guests actually make your church their home church. I want to measure uh, how people are moving up in their donations to the service of our Lord. I want to measure... Uh, Boys, girls, men, women. I want to measure age groups. I want to measure which age groups are staying. I want to measure which age groups are leaving. I want to measure all of those demographic things. I want to measure how many cars in the parking lot versus how many in the seats. Do you see what I'm talking about? I'm talking about measurements that really make a difference. So do you know what you're measuring? And have you stopped? See, this is what most people don't do. Is to ask yourself, why am I measuring this? Why am I still measuring this? What am I doing with these numbers that I'm getting? What should I be measuring that I'm not measuring right now? What are we measuring right now that we just need to stop measuring? I mean, it makes no difference if we measure that or don't measure that. Uh, you've got to ask yourself, what are your metrics? Because those are your systems and those are your structures. Let me keep going. Are you measuring the distance between you and the next person? The distance between where you are as the leader and the next person that you are leading. I call that the wisdom gap. A little, a little, a little thing that will help you over here. I'm a leadership consultant and I get to be around some amazing leading leaders. Amazing leading leaders. And after all, the we've talked about the stuff here, there, the other. You know where the biggest pain point is right now? 
It might be the same with you as soon as I say this. The biggest pain point is the distance between where you are as the lead lead and the next person next to you. This distance is ever growing. This distance, the length of the distance can make all the difference in the world. So what are your systems and structures to keep this distance minimized? So let me free you up. This distance will never be like this. It will never close. Because as a lead leader, you grow simply by waking up. Uh, today, you are listening to this. You are reading books. You're reading magazines. You're talking to people. You are reading blogs. You're exchanging emails. You're having a dialogue with people about strategic and tactical planning. Yeah. So, so there are growth opportunities around you all day long. Uh, somebody's going to call you with, uh, with a great opportunity. Somebody's going to cast vision for what they are doing. So, so you'll have great opportunities all day long simply by waking up. You can't help but grow every day. In my life, I'm in a high-level university every day. Because every leader I'm talking to is teaching me something. And I'm learning something every day. So for me, even though I have personal disciplines of reading, personal disciplines of writing, personal disciplines of talking to certain people about when I have an idea, a vision, or something like that, I just grow by waking up. But what's not true is the same thing for the people you are leading. Because they are involved in tasks. They just do what they do. They don't have the margin unless you create the systems and structures for the margin. I'm going to come back to that. Unless you create system structures for the margin, they're going to be task-oriented. So what you're going to do is you're going to have thought leaders and then you're going to have these doers who cannot think. And then you get frustrated because they don't think. They don't get it. And I'm here to say to you, you have not created the systems and structures to keep this gap minimized. It will never close. What you're trying to do is not get so big that now there's a total disconnect, a wisdom gap. So what are your systems and structures? What are you thinking right now about minim minimizing this gap? So you should not stop growing because you'll keep growing every day. So how is it that you can help them grow closer to you? Remember just a moment ago I talked about margin? You can create margin in your life simply by systems and structures. Some people live and, buy, live and die by uh, to-do lists. Some by calendarizing it. Some by having accountability people. Some buy some other kind of software. Now, you know, now there's so many apps on your phone that try to keep you more productive. But the purpose of all of those is to give you margin in your life. I know this is what happens in my life. When I don't have margin in my head and I'm cluttered up with I got to do this, I got to go there, I got to speak this, I got to prepare for that, I got to write that, I got to return that phone call, I got to write that report, I got to go and consult over there, I got to do that executive meeting there, and I got to travel there, I got to pack for this. If my mind is cluttered with all of that all day long, I know this about Sam. My creativity goes down. Innovation is hardly evidenced. New ideas, they're not there.
all the things that are fuel for my soul, the things that keep me going, the things that keep me excited, the things that keep me motivated, and the things that make me good at what I do, start going away. And I start getting stale. Have you heard somebody who got stale? Have you been around somebody who got stale? Have you been around yourself when you were stale? You might be stale right now. And I can tell you the reason for that is because your margins have gone away. You don't have any white spaces. You don't have any, any space left in which your mind can actually explore and think and do what it needs to do. Margin. You got to create that in your life. Systems and structures for when bad things happen in your organization. I don't care who you are. Bad things will happen in your organization. People will quit and lie about you on Facebook. You'll get sued. Somebody's going to pick at you. Somebody's going to write you nasty letters. If you're a church, somebody's going to take half your people and go two blocks up the road and start their own church. If you have a company, you're going to have a partner who's going to break away and start their own business. You're going to have bad things happen in your organization. My question for you is, do you already have the systems and structures in place as to how you're going to think about what's going to happen and how you're going to minimize collateral damage and a collateral shadow? A collateral damage is when you are just a bystander and it happens. Collateral shadow is when somebody else messes up and it has direct impact or cast a shadow on you. Somebody in your company messes up. Somebody in your church messes up and makes the whole company and the church look bad. Not long ago, in a uh, very famous airline in the United States, uh, some passenger... Uh, and the staff had a disagreement and the staff literally bodily drugged them down the middle aisle of the airplane. People were taking videos. Now people take videos of everything. Next thing you know, it went viral. And the entire company was under a shadow. Everybody was questioning the credibility of the company. I call that collateral shadow. So how do you deal with that? You don't deal with that in the moment. What you deal with that is to have systems and structures. For example, your system structure would be if there's a public relations issue, I'm going to be in touch with somebody who's a public relations specialist. You need to have those people on, your, uh, on a retainer, an attorney, an insurance agent, your financial planner, your CPA. These are, these are all part of your systems and structures. They're not just there to take your premiums and to offer you a few site services. They are there because you know they're part of your systems and your structure. Let me just give you one or two more. How about knowing the whole area of who do you promote and why? Who do you promote and why? I'm talking about systems and structures. I've been part of organizations like that, and so have you. And it seemed like everything was random. Everybody, you know, you didn't, so somebody got promoted 
somebody got demoted, somebody got fired, somebody got hired in, but nobody knew what was the system and the structure. There was, as we would say, there was no rhyme or reason to what was going on. Systems and structure. If you want high morale, if you want a healthy culture, if you want your people to give you their trusted support, if you want people to take responsibility for what they are doing, then they've got to know that things in this organization have systems and structure. That we don't make situational decisions, but we make principled decisions. That decision-making is grounded in a strategy that everyone has agreed to. And that our tactics support that strategic thinking. Your, your team needs to know that you're not just uh, pulling at this, that, the other, and the latest fad, and the newest person, and, uh, and the brightest uh, whistle. And, you know, you, it's, it's, not, it's not any of those things. But your team needs to know that in our place, everything has a system structure. You do this, positive consequences. You don't do this, negative consequences. If you do this, then this will happen. If you don't do this, this will happen. Everybody has predictability. That's what systems and structures do. Systems and structures bring predictability and hence a level of comfort in the lives of the people that you are leading. The things that you need systems and structures for. I have a few questions for you. Question number one. When was the last time you took the items I just gave you, and there are many more, but the items I gave you and said, what are our systems and structures? For example, an easy conversation would be, in our organization, what are the systems and structure when we're thinking promotions? In our organization, what are the systems and structures when we're thinking about giving people raises? In, in our organization, what are the systems and structures in which we are always minimizing the margin between the, the gap between leaders and followers? In our organization, how do we create margin for people in their lives so they can actually be thinking, flourishing, growing, maturing human beings? Systems and structures. So let me tell you why it does not happen. Two, three different reasons. Number one, we get so busy doing what we're doing that we don't have the white spaces or the margin to even have the conversation I'm suggesting that you need to have. Number two is we get married to the systems and we get in love with the systems and we never stop to say, is it working? Uh, not long ago, I was consulting with an organization, a very large organization. And then I was talking to the CEO of that organization. It hit him immediately. He was still managing this larger organization as if it was still a smaller organization. He, he, he's trying to run a big store as if it was still the corner grocery store. He's trying to run a big church as if it was still the small church. 
their systems and structures. Let me, let me knock on a few more doors. What's your system and structure for making decisions? Do you know how you make decisions? Do you know the rules that go in your head, the, the, the patterns, the patterns of thinking that go through your head? How are you going to make a decision? Do you know how you're going to cast vision? What's going to be a system and structure? So you remember in our last session, I talked about cascading communication process. How about taking that same thing and asking yourself, if I was to cast vision, do I start casting vision with the crowd? Or do I start casting vision at the top and then enlarge that? then make that larger, then make that larger, and now I can go to the crowd. What is your system and structure for casting vision? Systems and structures. So, I'm gonna give you an assignment. You ready? I want you to just pick one topic that I've given you out of all these. I want you to just at random, pick one. Pick one and just tear it apart. Look at it from every angle. What's working, what's not working, what needs to change, what needs to be killed, what needs to be resurrected, what needs to be implemented, what needs to be changed, what needs to be delegated, what, what you need to do, what will be the systems and structures, how you can run a bigger, faster train. Just tear those tracks out. Just pick one of those points, just one of those, and tear the tracks out and rebuild the tracks and see the amazing things that will happen in your life.